Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining BDO's podcast series, Getting to the Boardroom. I'm Nicole Ward-Parr, and in this series, I have the pleasure of hosting some of the most distinguished executives currently serving on public company boards to discuss their journeys and the paths that got them there. Today, I'd like to welcome C-Suite Executive and Public Company Board Member Julie Cullivan. Julie currently serves as Chief People Officer and Technology Officer at Scout Technologies, the leader in device visibility and control. Before transitioning to Forescout Technologies, Cullivan served as EVP, Business Operations, and CIO at FireEye, where she helped scale FireEye from a private company with $80 million in revenue through its successful IPO to a global publicly traded company with revenues of over $700 million and a $2.7 billion valuation. Cullivan has extensive operational and strategy experience and previously held executive positions focused on sales, channel, and marketing operations at Autodesk, McAfee, EMC, and Oracle. Julie currently sits on the board of Axon Enterprise, Inc., formerly known as Taser International, and is currently an advisor to Cobalt.io, a leader in Pentest as a Service. Recognized as a 2019 Woman of Influence in Silicon Valley Business Journal, Cullivan is a leader in the cybersecurity field and a sought-after speaker on topics including women in technology, security as a boardroom imperative, and building high-impact teams. Ms. Cullivan has a BS degree in finance from Santa Clara University and brings extensive business information technology and cybersecurity expertise to the Axon board. Julie, what an accomplished background. So grateful to have you join us today and to learn more about your path to the boardroom. Thank you so much for being here. Well, I'm really excited for this podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Great. Well, then let's jump right in with the questions. First off is when you were considering joining your first board, did you have a strategy or specific approaches that you used so I guess um, when I first even started thinking about the idea of potentially joining a board, I really kind of started with the same thought process that a lot of other women leaders start with. And that was, oh, I'm certainly not ready now, but maybe that's something I could do in the future. So when I very first started talking about it, it was very much in the context of someday I would like to do this. And I have the huge fortune of meeting Coco Brown and was really focused on trying to build more diversity on boards. And in my conversations with her, she really started to wrap my head around the fact that why not now, but also recognition that it can take a while, right, to find that perfect match for the leader and the right company that's looking for a board member. So for her, she was like, why put this off? Why not get started 
on creating your journey to the boardroom because you really never know how long it's going to take. And um, so, you know, I didn't, I, you know, it was always something that I thought could happen someday. And she really made me believe that you need to start now because you, you're not sure exactly when things will sort of align. I think that really resonates probably with a lot of women that am I ready or someday I will be, right? But getting from that mentality to wait, I need to do it now uh, and I'm ready now. Um, was there any other sort of switch that flipped in your brain from a skill set standpoint that told you, wait, I am ready now. I'm not going to put this off. What was that switch that flipped for you? Well, I, I think, you know, again, that's where other um, kind of mentors helped flip the switch for me because, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things you're really sort of pushed to do as you're thinking about board service is trying to sort of, you know, what are my superpowers and what it is that I can really bring to a board so that people can really kind of understand who I am. And um, it's really hard to kind of pull out because we think of ourselves in terms of accomplishments, not in terms of really superpowers and what, what make us unique or different. So I say that's where I started to see, Hey, now that I look at this in the context of a board bio, maybe I do have a lot to bring to a board. And I hadn't really been able to figure out what those superpowers were and how to pull that out into a nice story that somebody else could pick up. Um, one other bit of advice that I think you get when you're going through this process is some people will tell you you need to be maniacally focused on a, a skill, a value that you bring to a board. And I struggled with that because I felt like I had a broad set of values that I could bring to a board. And they were not all just in the context of digital or security, but that I was a broader operator and had broader business acumen and experience. And so when I went through this process, I really had to sort of make a call as to whether I wanted to, you know, be the cyber technical person or if I wanted to describe myself more broadly as a global operations leader. And um, again, as you find opportunities and are starting to interview for board roles, you'll pretty quickly start to see whether they're open to that broader set of experiences or if they're just very narrow, narrowly interested in a set of skills. Mm. Um, so and did you have a particular champion or mentor that guided you through that, that gave you coaching as you were going through those board interviews and that gave you that feedback? Yeah. So I had folks that are, you know, part of Athena Alliance, that organization that were sort of, you know, assigned to, you know, women pioneers to sort of help us understand who we were, you know, walk us through um, you know, how do we tell a story um, about our experiences and show the kind of impact that we've had on the organizations that we've worked in? They also kind of walk you through, hey, how do you practice your board pitch, right? And, and actually on video, going back and forth and getting coaching and communication advice from folks so that when you're ready, you get asked the question that you have a very quick, crisp, you know, well-articulated story about, you know, why the conversation should continue. Um, I do not want to say that I haven't had tremendous coaches and mentors in my work life, but I will, I have found that those coaches and mentors seem to be a little more focused on mentoring how you grow in your career as opposed to how do you grow as a potential board member. So um, I really felt like where it all came together for me was through that network and that sort of confidence that we give each other to say, 
you can do this. That's fantastic. And the two things that really uh, stuck with me about what you just shared was the 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 telling of a story, right? The really the anecdotal sharing of the the types of problems that you've been able to solve, the the value that you've added, coupled with video conferencing. Uh, that sounds like a a, a fantastic tool um, that really does allow you to sort of you know know what you don't even know you don't know <laughs> when you see yourself yeah, on and on practice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That yeah. must have been, yeah. yeah. And so there was one other um, set of experiences, I think, that, uh, you know, we all say, oh, I think I'd really love to serve on a board. And then there's the questions about, well, what kind of board? And there's also the question of what does it really mean to serve on a board? Because I think we, many of us have the experience of sitting in on our organization's board meetings, but it's sort of different when you flip the, the table, right? And now you're the board member with the management team coming in to present. So one of the other nice um, activities that Athena put together was the ability to kind of walk through board simulations as a group. So, you know, a group of 10 women would come together and there'd be a facilitator and you'd actually walk through a board scenario um, and kind of learn the process, right? In terms of, you know, even just the simple things about calling meetings to order when there was something that required some sort of approval or vote, what the process was, but then really kind of throw a hairy situation and say, hey, you're now the board. Let's walk through how you're going to advise the management team on how to handle the situation. Or in some cases, will the board need to step in, right, and play a bigger role in making sure that the situation is managed appropriately. So I thought that was really great as well, because we all talk about, hey, I want to be on a board, but getting the opportunity to really you know, do more scenario-based understanding. And it's like, wow, I mean, that's a serious responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, getting to kind of experience that not in an actual boardroom, but in a simulation, I thought was super valuable. Absolutely. And, and nonetheless, once you were on a board, I'm sure there were still gaps in your game, if you will, uh, and, and areas where you, <laughs> you were like, whoops, um, I, I've never simulated for this. This is real time, yeah. and I I have a gap in my skill set here, or um, I'm you know I just made a mistake. Whoops! What were some of those hiccups, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, so I, I guess what I found out pretty quickly is <clears throat> there's a lot of um, discussion about onboarding new board members. My experience was that you onboard yourself in many ways, and that you know I I think I heard something fantastic last week where somebody said. If you've been on one board, you've been on one board because each board is somewhat unique. <laughs> so I'm not making any generalizations, but um, <clears throat> Axon had a um, board team that had been with the company for many times. I was the first new board member in a few years to onboard. And not only was I new to being on a board, but I was new to, to them. And so um, as much as I got a lot of great support and coaching and advice from the chairman and the gentleman that runs non-gov, right? Like I, they were more than happy to help me. I had many years of history to try to catch up on. So what I realized pretty quickly was somebody's not going to do it for you. Take some initiative to figure out how you onboard yourself and knowing that I can never make up for the fact that some folks have been on this board for 10 years, but how do I at least show the initiative and the you know, the, the um, desire, right, to want to, you know, understand more. And also, when appropriate, raise my hand and say, I don't have that context or history. If now is not the time to give it to me, 
fine, but I'd love to understand more so that I can, you know, can really understand the dialogue and the conversation more. Um, <clears throat> so I think a lot of it's taking initiative to really engage and learn the business, learn the committee that you're on and kind of what your roles are, but more than anything, constantly ask for feedback, right? I mean, I've been on Axon's board for about two and a half years. And outside of the fact that this past one we just did is virtual because nobody's traveling right now. Um, you know, I try as best as I can to pull folks aside and say, hey, any feedback, right? Because, you know, I'm always trying to make sure I balance my, hey, this is what I would do versus, hey, have you thought of these things, right? And just make sure that my engagement and um, support of the team is is not coming across as an operator, but coming across as more of an advisor um, consultant, if you will. Sure. Um, so I think you just got to keep asking for feedback. I think that's great advice. I also think that if you were the first new board member in a significant amount of time, which you described, what an opportunity for you to come in and innovate uh, and bring new yeah. ideas into that that collective group. What what are some examples of how you innovated or some ideas or perhaps disruptive thoughts that you brought to that group? Yeah, so I, I, it's been fun because, you know, I, I was the first woman board member, not ever. There had been a woman on the board before, but unfortunately she had to um, move on. And um, so they, you know, were very focused on some diversity. And so I was the first next woman to join the board. So again, one woman and, and the rest men. And so, I mean, very almost immediately, I brought a unique perspective from a lot of different reasons, whether it was conversations about people related things or, you know, just sort of perspectives and interpretation on how things would would be perceived. So, I mean, I felt like pretty quickly I was bringing a slightly different lens and voice um, that I was, you know, somebody that was also somewhat a voice of a customer. I'm certainly not in law enforcement, but I buy technology all the time. And, um, you know, understood a lot about new business models that they were pursuing and to make sure to be able to add a voice about like hey, how this is how this can be perceived from a customer perspective, right? Great idea for monetization, but let's think about what the expectations are from another view. Um, so I think there were several different perspectives I was able to bring in very quickly. And I felt like people were more than willing to, to listen to, you know, my, my ideas and thoughts and voice having been through um, you know, similar growth and, and um, you know, had similar responsibilities around digital transformation and those types of things. Um, and they would come to me a lot offline and just say, hey, what are you doing to solve this problem? Because, you know, they knew I ran IT for, for FireEye and then Scout, and I would be like, boom, this is what we're doing. And sometimes they take that advice and other times they're like, hey, we think we might go a slightly different path and we talk about it. But I think even just in sort of day-to-day, -day, what are they doing around security? What are they doing around digital? That you know, I've got very relevant experience to help them as they make some of those decisions. Terrific. And how would you say, or are would you say that you're uh, facilitating further diversity on on the boards that you're a part of? Are there things that you've done or implemented? So I myself wish I could take credit for the diversity that um, Act on Board is is um, focused on. I mean, we now have another uh, diverse. A board member, um, so uh, that represents a new community. Um, so, you know, that's been phenomenal. And as we look at what skills and experiences we need to bring on the board, we constantly talk about, hey, if 
as we look for those skills, wouldn't it be great if we could complement the team with with more diversity beyond obviously just just gender? And um, so already we've doubled our numbers, and um, you know I expect in the future that that will continue to grow. That's fantastic. It takes time, but it's it's well worth it, right? Um, yep. Terrific. What other thoughts or comments, maybe advice even for for the folks that are listening, um, do you have to share? So I think I um, was extremely lucky in terms of, uh, you know, decided to go after pursuing a board opportunity and really within the first uh, year and a half made it onto a public company board. I don't know that that will happen for everyone and not because I'm special, but because I've noticed as I've interviewed for other board positions and as I've worked with other, you know, sort of peers and folks I've brought in network that sometimes it just takes longer. Sometimes the path is a private company board. Sometimes the path is a nonprofit. Um, So I just, I do feel like, um, there's got to be a level of patience and that there has to be an understanding that it's not, you know, that there isn't the right board for you. It's, it's, it's everything sort of has to align. And I find that um, the processes just end up taking longer than, than we're used to in sort of the job hiring scenario, right? Where you're going for a new role often, they're really trying to move those along very quickly. Whereas with the board stuff, they start very early often, uh, and and then things will happen, right? Uh, COVID-19 will come up <laughs> and somebody will say, hey, look, as much as that's important right now, it's more important we focus on, you know, the day-to-day, day-to-day business operation. Um, and so it's just patience, I think, is is what my advice is more than anything. I think that's it's great advice. One of the questions I've asked some of the other um, uh, interviewees on this a podcast series is about the merit of being on a not-for-profit board or being on a private company board as it pertains to helping on the path to getting on a public company board. Would love your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I, I am no expert in, you know, sort of, I, I've gone through the um, sort of sessions around, hey, how do you really think about what type of board you're looking for? And so I have, a, you know, a good idea of when, you know, going nonprofit might be the way to go. I know plenty of women that started joining the nonprofit board and that opened up doors for them to move into public board service and or, you know, sort of private or pre-IPO um, type board service opportunities. So I think it has absolutely been a stepping stone for um, some really strong women to get on boards because a lot of times you're sitting on those boards with other operators or CEOs or executives, right? That now you've built a relationship, you know, through this nonprofit, and then that opens up the opportunity for you to potentially, you know, they're, when they're thinking about, hey, their next gig, or they're thinking about somebody that they know that's looking for board talent, you know, you, you've now got somebody that's like, look, I've served with them on a nonprofit and they're super engaged and intelligent and bright and smart and have a lot of great ideas and opinions. Um, and that that definitely does open up doors. Agreed. Absolutely. And but I do think it's a different experience. Sorry to interrupt you. I do think it is a different experience serving on a nonprofit versus a public company. Um, you know, there are different expectations, I think, in terms of fundraising and in terms of things like that. Um, but I think any of those are great experiences that would help in either direction. 
No, agreed. No, fantastic. Uh, great insights. And anything, any, any last thoughts uh, before we sign off uh, that you'd like to share? Yeah, so I would, a couple of things. Um, this is my advice. I had originally thought that the path to getting on a board was by leveraging my my own personal network um, and saying, hey, you know, um, former boss of mine, I'm really interested in, in joining the board, you know, um, just thought I would let you know. Um, I just really did not find that to be a path that worked for me. Um, I feel like they probably hear that from a lot of people and it's not contextual. Um, but I also feel like sometimes people see you as an operator or see you as what they believe you are and maybe aren't able to kind of think more broadly into the, hey, what, how would this person look in a boardroom setting? So I really do feel like taking advantage of the variety of great organizations that are out. I mean, there are many, many great organizations out there that are trying to help support board diversity that I think are, in my opinion, a better way to really get engaged with people that are really supporting this out in the, the community. I think there's he for she, there's, there's some amazing things. And I find that to be a better route because I think that there's, um, there's more energy and thought and um, activities happening to really um, make and facilitate these board matches than in just the normal, Hey, you know, if you happen to hear of a board opportunity, I'm interested, right? I, I did not find that as as um, as effective. As helpful, right? It sounds like yeah. you took a more strategic sort of laser of, uh, approach, and and that yep. w led to a better result. I think that's very insightful for folks. Uh, instead of casting the net widely, uh, being very targeted right. in your approach, right? Um, and I've heard different, uh, I think, paths be successful. Um, but yeah. I think it sounds like yours was very intentional and that that, that made all the difference. Uh, certainly your year and a half timeline of getting on a board, uh, that's certainly shorter than than a lot of um, a lot of other uh, stories that I've heard. So uh, it yeah. seemed to be beneficial to you for sure. So <laughs> yep. And I mean, I had some really amazing um you know, other candidates, right? I mean, when, when, when Axon decided to, you know, go look for a, a diverse board member, you know, they, they looked at many really, really strong women in leadership roles. And I mean, it was a super impressive um, group of people. And very much when I started the process, it was in the context of this is going to be a great experience for me, right? I finally can do the interviews. I can see what they're like. I can see if my board bio resonates. I can, you know, kind of practice. I really didn't go into it with the expectation that it would would um, end up being as successful as it was. But it was like my first opportunity to, you know, at least sort of try it out. Um, and I'm happy to say that in the end, it worked out that um, it was a great match. But um, it, it, it was, I, I felt prepared, but I also really felt like it was going to be practiced more than anything. Right. Well, credit to you and and kudos to you certainly um and and such a, an appreciation i have for not only what you're doing for axon but for others and to promote diversity and to support other women um on getting an, an opportunity um you know to explore these things right so uh, julie i'm just grateful that you took the time to uh, to spend with us today and to share about your journey and so appreciate all that you're doing um and 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 thank you so much for being with us today 
Well, Nicole, thank you for getting the word out. And um, I'm happy to, you know, help in any way that I can. So um, as your podcast evolves and as your interactions with other, you know, future um, female board members or other diverse board members, I'm, I'm really happy to, to help in any way I can. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate your time. All the best. Take care. Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash BDO Knows Governance.